The Go Radio Football Show. The countdown to the new season is underway. Let's go! Yeah, building up to the new season and it's one month and counting to the start of the Premiership campaign. It all starts on the 5th of August. Today is the 5th of July and I make that a month till it all gets serious again, not just in the top flight, but right through the SPFL, doesn't it, Stephen McGinn? Yeah, I think we're all looking forward to it now. Um, we're in the stage of every every hour you're refreshing Twitter to see who's been linked with who and everyone's just craving the, the start of the real stuff there's been a lot happening already a lot happening in the last few days and uh, you imagine it's uh, probably going to stay that way because although Rangers are on the brink of signing their summer arrival number six uh, the feeling is there are probably another couple still to come well I think I mean a lot of the this, this, even from Giovanni Van Bronckhorst time just before he lost his job the talk was about this summer and needing a transfer window to totally rejuvenate the, the squad because it has been the same team for the last three, four years when you think of the team I think there's been the odd player here and there that broke into the team but it's all the mainstays um, your Morelis, your Kents, Taverniers, Camaras, Jacks I know some of the boys are still there but it has been a squad that's needed this kind of summer and it's, I think it's dead exciting for the Rangers fans um, every day they're linked with a new, new attacking player mm. Um, got already get a lot of midfielders in they've still been linked with Cifuentes from, from America so really exciting time for them Yeah um, we'll go through some of those uh, Rangers arrivals the signings they've made already the ones that they are uh, expected to complete or hoping to complete in the next couple of weeks obviously lots happening at uh, Celtic uh, in the last couple of days as well both on the in the exit door and the entrance door um, and, and there's an interesting um, clip of uh, Matt O'Reilly uh, on the go at the moment talking about a new openness at Celtic which sounds like a bit of a backhanded swipe towards Ange, the, the previously untouchable it seemed Ange Postacoglu I think I mean when you when you do any sort of interview you, you, you're always a wee bit wary of kind of how it's taken I mean, there's no guarantees that he's having a dig. What he, he does sound very positive of Brendan Rodgers coming in. Mm. I don't think it's any great secret that Ange Postacoglu didn't have a lot of communication with the players. He kind of kept his distance. And probably at times last season, the 60-minute mark would come up and Matt Riley would be a wee bit frustrated as his number comes up on the board. I mean, at times, early in the season when Cal McGregor was injured, Matt Riley was playing 90 minutes and kind of the go-to man and then when McGregor comes back in he, he comes off at 60 minutes and he probably didn't have that kind of relationship with the manager to go and say look why is it it can't be fitness because it was doing 90 minutes so he's probably a new manager's come in the door and had maybe three or four com uh, conversations about where he sees him and the team and I think and I think it is a it's Brendan Rodgers style of management he, he gets close to his players he speaks to them it's how he develops them he, how he speaks about getting them better whereas Ange probably took a more of a back back foot role in that regard maybe the reason that Ange Postacoglu didn't sit down and have lunch with Matt O'Reilly was that he knew he was going to whinge at him going, why do you always take me off after 72 minutes I think um, uh, Ange has admitted it before he, he keeps his distance it uh, makes it easier to make the, the big decisions every manager's different you know um, it is harder it is harder sometimes when you're close to a manager and he, and he leaves you out or he, or he drops you every, every manager's different but you, you, you could sense you could sense he, he's very excited about working with Brendan Rodgers you know as a young player in England um, over the last 10 years watching the Premiership the, the Liverpool manager the Leicester manager won the FA Cup and 
he's just come in at Celtic and he's maybe telling him about how he's going to make him better as a player so you can sense the excitement it yeah. doesn't always probably need to be that kind of negative <laughs> that yeah. we bring <laughs> yeah I mean I, I know what you're saying that that you know I I, I know uh, what I've done in the past uh, you know and about sometimes interviews can be taken out of context and but but I think the the the, the clip that I've heard that's on Celtic TV of Matt O'Reilly you know he talks about uh, clearly the previous manager didn't actually name him but was reluctant to to talk to the players that much didn't sit down at the lunch table and and he does use the phrase there and there's a new openness about the place so so it's really positive about Brendan Rodgers as you say uh, but it is a bit of a, a swipe at Ange but maybe that's what happens because he was the best thing since sliced bread uh, for Celtic fans for two years but now he's gone now, he, now he's history and, and everyone moves on pretty quickly don't they? Yeah, and, and every every everyone with a Celtic connection is wanting people to come out and say that Brendan Rodgers is a definite improvement in Ange and Celtic are going to be better. Guys like Matt O'Reilly are going to go to the next level. They are, everyone's looking for that positivity. We're in that, that season of positivity when everyone probably believes they can win the league, they're going to get better. The next player they're going to sign is a YouTube sensation that nobody in England or Saudi Arabia's seen yet. <laughs> um, so I, I don't think, I mean... He, he won five uh, trophies at six under Ange. He brought him from MK Dons. He made him a Champions League player. I, I, I don't think there'll be... I mean, as I said, I just said two minutes ago, I think there'd been, there was a first obvious frustration at his time he played in the field. Every time he came off at 60-odd minutes, you could sense his shoulders was slump and why always me almost. Um, mm. But I, I don't think there'd be too much bitterness towards his old manager. There probably was a time where he was a, a stick-on to start as well, um, and it, and that wasn't the case maybe latterly uh, I, last season. I, I, th- I thought in the period where Callum McGregor um, was out injured, Matt O'Reilly was Celtic's most important player. Mm. I thought he really stepped up to the, the uh, his part to play. Callum McGregor obviously a huge player for Celtic, and everyone's expecting that's where the points are dropped when when Callum McGregor's missing and. Rangers are going to get back in this title race but Matt O'Reilly's playing 90, 90 minutes every week in that kind of holding position and he really stepped up his game and you could, you can probably sense he's thinking I was so important to you while Callum was out now Callum's out I've moved up position into the attacking and I get rotated with Aaron Moy Rio Hotate David mm. Tumble and you, you, you can sense why players every player wants to play 95 minutes every single week and there's no many can do it and Callum McGregor's one of the exceptions mm. Brilliant news for, for Celtic this week and it immediately followed on from the confirmation of the departure of, of Jota to, to Saudi Arabia and the Pro League over there. Uh, the fact that uh, it was going to be no goal for Kyogo because he, he is staying um, as if there was any doubt about it. But that, he'd two years to go in his deal anyway. But presumably he's got a pretty bumper pay rise, you would imagine. Um, and and it's, a, I guess, a big lift for the Celtic fans who were probably a little bit worried that, he, that he not necessarily follow his gaffer down to Tottenham. I'm not sure that would, was ever going to happen. But there must have been a lot of interest in him in recent weeks. Yeah, it, it almost kind of sensed, it, sensed the rot, the, uh, stopped the rot in terms of the Celtic support, in terms of Ange leaving, then it was Jota, then it was Kyogo. And my first thought when, when Jota left was Brendan Rodgers had referenced working with players like Jota, Kyogo, Hitati, um, working with them, making them better, good young players. And I'm thinking, if Jota goes and then a Kyogo or Hitati goes, that's not really what, what Brendan Rodgers was promised. He was no. coming in to work with these players. Mm. So it was a brilliant thing for, for Celtic fans to kind of wake up to that news. Uh, Kyogo's 28. He's a proven goal scorer in this country. Um, been top goal scorer last two seasons. So amazing news for them, and I think he, I think he, 
if, if, if the big transfer I mean you, you never know what the players want to do what the big transfer might be maybe it's just not there for him maybe he thinks Brendan Rodgers can take me on to that next level um, and then get my move next season which um, Celtic fans won't want to hear but maybe it is I want to be a club legend here I mm. want to spend five, six years being the top goal scorer every season and, and winning trophies um, which is what they do want to hear Is this his level? I mean is the Scottish Premiership Kyogo's level or how many rungs up further up the ladder do you think he's capable of making? I do think I, I do think it's harsh to, I mean, a lot's made of not scoring in Champions League um, and, and a lot has made but he has scored in Europa League Mm-hmm. He made a big impact in the Europa League the season before. I think it's very hard to judge a player in this country as a Champions League striker. Um, the, wo- the only part that probably lets him down a wee bit is he did miss chances. Um, he wasn't too far away from from scoring. So I think he, in the back of his head, he's thinking, if I get the same amount of chances next year and I score one or two, then I probably silence some of the doubters in, in terms of just being a domestic kind of goal scorer. Mm. How big a miss is Jota? How replaceable is he? Replaceable, I mean, the Brendan Rodgers and the recruitment team have got a lot of work to do in their hands. I mean, Jota, when he came in, one of the things you first worry about when a player comes in with the flicks and tricks, is he going to be too soft to play in this, um, this country in the winter? Is he going to really make the difference in the big games? Something across the city, Ryan Kent was always... Um, criticised for maybe not impacting cup finals and, and Celtic games is Jota going to kind of be the same way and he's been the opposite of that he scored big goals um, against Rangers Celtic's top goal scorer in the Champions League group stages um, he really bought into the city he made the trip across to the, the Celtic pub across from us in the brazen head <laughs> um, he was probably everything you could you could want in a, in a young winger coming and then to lose him when they did, uh, there's so much growth in Jota as a player. There'll be, there'll be a lot of people pointing to just chasing the money. But from Celtic's point of view, to bring a player in like that, who bought into everything, the fans loved him. He won five trophies at six. He's, he, he delivered against Rangers, he delivered in cup finals, he delivered in Europe. And they're selling him to the place where they're maximising their value for him. And I read today that Nuno Espirito Santo has been chasing him for over a year. Well done. Yeah, <laughs> tricky one. Had he been at Wolves... He would probably still have went to, or I taught him would he, that might have one hurt the Celtic fans a wee bit more in terms of the value they were getting him for. But yeah. Because they might have tried to get him for 10, 12, 13 yeah, million. You, you'd have thought he would have gone for maybe double the price that Celtic paid if he'd gone south, whereas yeah. they've obviously got quadruple. Yeah, I think I think going to Saudi, you're maximising your value. I think every I think every club around the world, if they're trying to sell a player, wants to sell him to Saudi Arabia at the minute. Mm. I think that's where you're going to get the most value. Um, and as I said I think I th- I th- looking back at Jota I almost de- declared he was leaving Celtic I, th- I think he put a message out after the cup final um, when it was the class of 2023 have graduated mm. and almost kind of thanking everyone I'm away Yeah. so if you're going to lose him you might as well lose him for the maximum value yeah, and you can't complain about his contribution because it was interesting. Um, I was just looking at the, the both he uh, Kyogo's played eighty three games for Celtic. Jota did play eighty three games. Uh, Kyogo has scored fifty four goals, and Jota has been involved in fifty four scoring. I think it's, he scored twenty eight and twenty six assists. So that I mean, obviously, no Celtic fan has been going to be complaining about what he did. But it's it's interesting because I saw a statement. I read that statement that he made 
to the the fans of his new club in in Saudi and how delighted he was to be in there. There's there's been no uh, goodbye Celtic fans and thanks for the memories so far. Um, has that surprised you? Because he seemed like the ultimate PR man when when he was here. I mean, you know, he had such a great connection. He, I mean, he had such style and presence on the pitch, and he had a great communication. He was a great talker, wasn't he? And he had great communication with the Celtic fans, but there's been no communication since he's decided to go. Are you a bit surprised about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and just reading Twitter it's kind of upset a few of the Celtic fans I don't know if the message ultimately comes I've no idea I know, I know his new team in Saudi haven't started back yet I've no idea where he is in the world but he knows, how to, he knows how to communicate he knows know, the channels I, doesn't he and it? everything is some iconic pictures of Jota celebrations celebrating him with the fans even his last touch for Celtic he's going to cup final he's straight over to kind of stand in with the crowd um, he really bought into it as he said and the Celtic fans loved him and I'm sure the message comes at some point maybe his PR men get to him and say by the way need to put, need to put a message out here but he uh, yeah I mean he just he seemed to he seemed to be a bit of the opposite of what I expected in terms of that way um, especially as you say making trips across the across to the pub over there yeah. uh, he really seemed to kind of buy into everything about Celtic and getting in getting into that pub you were talking about is fairly straightforward it's just getting back <laughs> out of it That's the, it can be the issue if the, if the lock turns if the key turns in the lock Um yeah, um, I mean, he's. It's it's going to be interesting to see how they replace him. But I mean, obviously, already um, the uh, one winger has been signed, and and another winger is is potentially joining the club. Yang Yun Jun, the the Korean, who's having a bit of a Barney with his club, uh, Gangwon at the moment. I think he was. Uh, accusing them of going back on their word because they said they were going to actively help him get a move into one of the European leagues. He's twenty-one. He's a winger, um, uh, and. It does. I think it does still seem that it's on course to him joining Celtic. And of course, the Australian uh, Tilio uh, has already been signed. Um, and I guess I guess you have a lot of faith, do you, in the in the Celtic recruitment operation when you consider what's happened recently? I mean, this time two years ago, um, Celtic fans couldn't criticise enough in terms of the recruitment yeah. about how many they weren't going wrong. We just think even. Even just mentioning Kyogo and Jota's stats, if two years ago you said he'd sign a centre forward and he would return this, a winger, he would return this, mm-hmm. and then one would sign a new four year deal, one would leave for 25 million. You're <laughs> yeah. saying, right, that, Dream- can't be the, Dreamland. that can't be the same recruitment team. Yeah. But I think, I mean, Brendan Rogers referenced this when he took the job, saying that the, the clubs came a long way off the park in terms of the way it does recruitment. And I think even, even the way they've left, it seems to be a bit more of a ruthless edge to it in terms of, right, okay, yes, you want to leave, right, okay, we're not going to keep you. We're just going to try and maximise your value and, and you move on and then we move on. From from playing against Brendan Rodgers' team, I know how important wingers are to him. Um, obviously, they were in Angie's team, but there was a lot more of kind of carrying the ball. The Scott Sinclair's, James Forrest, Paddy Roberts, the way they would carry the ball, and they're a huge part of the team in a different way from Angie's teams. Angie's teams were a bit more of get to the back post and or crosses, sliding crosses across uh, for for Kyogo to tap in. There's more of an, a kind of onus on them to carry the the ball and and get at teams. And I don't think Brendan Rodgers has taken this job on without knowing that Jota will be leaving, and he's going to have to recruit someone maybe like a Scott Sinclair that he knows from, from down south that can come in and be that huge player that Scott Sinclair was from when he first arrived. Yeah, I take it you weren't surprised at all when this all happened, when this all started being mooted that, that Brendan Rodgers was coming back? No, or, I, was or... definitely, I was definitely surprised. Um, 
probably as it started to happen that made sense um, when it first I, I just couldn't see it I thought there was too much ill feeling too much baggage too much baggage everything about it would would he risk his legacy before I know, I know people say the way he left and stuff like that but, but he, he was hugely he, successful he, he came he? up he, he ran right up here yeah. he did he ran right it took Celtic to a level up here that which started in, and has finished in five trebles Um and would you risk that? Would Celtic be able to get him? Because it's got to be teams. I think, I mean, a couple of years ago, Tottenham tried to get him in the compensation hurdle mm. involved. I don't think Daniel Levy wanted to pay. I think it was up to about 20 million for him. Would would he have inter- clubs be interested in him taking him when he's available for a free? Um, but as, it, as it's happened and Brendan Rodgers has came in and he's... Can he, can he take this club on in Europe? Because it has. I mean, it's the record in Europe and, and yard judging. We could talk about Europe all, all summer and then you get into a group where it's maybe Barcelona, Inter mm-hmm. Milan and Man City and you yeah. get no chance. Yeah. But is there a chance that you can get into third place in Europe? You're seeded fourth, can you get to third? Can you make go make a real mark on, on the Europa League? Can you continue to win? I know, I know he's, him and his wife enjoyed living up here. Mm-hmm. So they know what they're getting off off the field, and he's he said openly the club's in a much better place in terms of recruitment and the way they want to do business. So everything kind of started to make sense, and you thought, you know what, it is maybe worth the risk for him. That is going to be one big target for Brendan Rodgers, clearly, uh, to step up uh, in Europe. It's going to be difficult to uh, top what Ange Postecoglou achieved uh, last season. It's about maintaining that success domestically, um, but moving a little bit further on upping the ante in terms of uh, European performance. That all to come in the coming weeks. Celtic, of course, going straight into the Champions League group stages again. It's Stephen McGinn with Rob McLean on Glasgow's own. The Go Radio Football Show. The countdown to the new season is underway. Let's go! It's Rob McLean and Stephen McGinn on the the Go Show. Um, And we're with you for another 35 minutes. A truncated version, if I can use that word, of the show at the moment. Uh, But we'll be back, of course, to the full two hours uh, when the season gets underway, before the season gets underway. And that is only a month away. And there is lots happening in terms of the, the transfer market. Not as much happening for Celtic at the moment. Two big headline stories of course with Kyogo extending his deal and Jota leaving for Saudi Arabia. But other than that, um, well Celtic don't need to do too much you would imagine. But Brendan Rodgers will look to make his mark, no doubt about that. Uh, And talking about Rangers on the other side of the city uh, well we're still waiting for that uh, serial Dessers signing uh, to have the T's crossed and the the T's crossed and the I's dotted. Yeah, that's the phrase, isn't it? Um, get that deal done. And uh, when that happens, they, that will be their sixth summer signing. I think it was 4.3 million that was mentioned, plus add-ons. Uh, the Cremonese player from Serie A signing a, a four-year deal. And it's another striker at Rangers. And when you look at the likes of uh, Sam Lammers, the Dutchman they, they signed from Atalanta, Abdallah Sima, uh, who is on loan from Brighton for the season, Senegalese international. Um, there's a fair few strikers coming in, but but that's an area clearly, Stephen, that, that that Rangers need to zap up. Yeah, it's it was an area they obviously had to strengthen, but also the fact that they they keep getting linked with players. I mean, Dessers looks like it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. The rumor the rumored bid for 
uh, Danilo yeah. doesn't look like he's going away either and you start to think well what can, what does the future hold for Fashion Sakala uh, Jolak Scott Wright guys like this um, I wonder if Michael Beale's just going to know everyone out We need this is an area of the park we need to improve on because they did fall short in some of the, the games against Celtic and yeah. Michael Beale's tenure on not really having anyone to put the ball in the net um, especially the I think it was the cup semi-final when Celtic won one nil. the second half you just felt if Rangers are going to score it's going to be a set piece here there doesn't seem to be that kind of Kyogo type figure Jota figure that's going to produce a goal out of nothing um, so Michael Beale isn't messing about in, in that area Cholak scores goals but he doesn't manufacture many for himself does he he can be on the end of things and, and sometimes that's what you want depending on, on the way you play but but you know he would be opposite end of the scale from, from Kyogo I guess in, in, in terms of movement and the way he, he gets away from people Yeah, in, in the first half of last season I actually felt a bit for Cholak because he was just about the only player in the team kind of doing his part mm-hmm. in keeping Rangers title bid alive Um he just when when you're watching him, there was no doubt in he, he could finish. Mm-hmm. Um, some of his goals for Rangers were were lovely finishes, but he probably just felt short of quality in terms of that that next bit to to go and try and win a league. Um, so would you have would you have doubts about him? Would you have doubts that he fits into the jigsaw puzzle? I mean, if he's still there, I, he'll be part of the squad. But I, will he be part of that starting eleven when they're bringing in so many strikers? I, I, I can't see any way how he's part of it, and this is. This this is just for Trolak from last season mm-hmm. because how much uh, Michael Beale stuck with Alfredo Morelos, even the kind can of condition he was in, the fact yep. he wasn't delivering, he still picked him over Trolak. Um, it just didn't seem even at times if Morelos if Morelos wasn't playing, he would put Fashion Sakala up front. Um, Fashion Sakala is probably the one player I know he's. I mean, you n- you never really know what's coming next with him. Sometimes he's shots fly in the top corner. Sometimes Rosed. Mm. Um, he has that unpredictability. But I did think he caused Celtic problems at times. I did think he was one of those players that could score a goal at nothing. Uh, does he does he score enough goals though? Fashion no, Sakala? No, he not, no, not, because for a guy, I mean, you watch him week. He gets a, he, every time he plays, he gets at least one chance, maybe a couple of good chances in a game. So his numbers should be. They, a they, lot they higher sh- than they are they should be better but I do think I mean the, the game Rangers beat Celtic 3-0 he, he was excellent on the day I think he is he is someone that can cause you problems and he is unpredictable as you say and he is I mean Rangers fans still speak about when he went round Joe Hart how half them still expected them to miss it mm-hmm. but he beat scores and, yeah. and and he had he had an enthusiasm and a hunger about him that I think Rangers lacked in attacking areas mm-hmm. and he probably he probably will move on, and I think he'll go and do do well elsewhere. Just in terms of the amount of people they're bringing in in the attacking areas. He's a lovely guy. I mean, I remember he came on the show um, just just after he'd signed, before he'd actually arrived, but but just after he'd signed, and he's got the most amazing backstory, and he's the loveliest guy, and he's got that great smile and everything. But not convinced, and I don't I don't think the Rangers fans are that that you know in terms of where they want to be, uh, he is the answer. But he, he is meantime. Uh, certainly part of that squad. I mean, I was just looking at you know who will pl- who will di- who who's a certain starter for Rangers next season of the of last season's team, if you like. And obviously, Tavernier is Goldson will be uh, Cantwell and Raskan in the midfield. Uh, I mean, you you mentioned I hadn't really thought of Barisic because it seemed as if Rangers have been trying to get rid of him for the last three <laughs> years. But uh, and 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 he's I mean his delivery is. When he's on his game, is top notch. 
Um, so he he could come into the things uh, as well, although they've got Yilmaz, haven't they, as well. Is that about it in terms of the core of players from last season who you think would will start in the coming season? In, in terms of starting, yeah. Um, I think Ryan Jack will play a big part over the season, but I don't see him being an automatic starter. Um, the left-back, Ridvan Yilmaz, kind of came on to a game at the end of the season and has probably gave Michael Beale food for thought in terms of the left-back area. One thing, I mean, you're trying to guess how managers are recruiting, how they're going about their business. Rangers look as if they're signing a lot of can athletes, six foot plus mm-hmm. players. They were already good at set pieces. Um, just with the size of them, it could be an area of the park he's really trying to maximise. You know, the, the delivery from Tavernier and Barisic is top drawer, real, real mm-hmm. top drawer. I mean, some of the games at Hamden last year, you're thinking Carter Vickers and Starfelt are having to be defend the box unbelievably to keep. Rangers players from heading this in the net and obviously they, they, they lost a couple of goals from set pieces uh, Morelia's at the back post and John Suter's at Ibrooks. so I'm no doubt he's trying to maximise that that strength they have because that's a huge strength being able to deliver the ball on the money um, is a huge stent, strength for any team and they just don't look as if they're, they're building a team of real physicality Here's Jack Butland who's been uh, speaking this week, the new Rangers goalkeeper um, and talking about that dynamic duo uh, of former Rangers uh, keepers, one sadly uh, departed, um, and one no longer a part of the the setup at, at Rangers, and he has been an absolute legend as well. How will Jack Butland do, um, having those two in the background? That's the, that's the plan. Um, obviously, you're talking about two goalies that have a goalie. Um, obviously, Griezy, you know, two guys that have got an incredible history with the club that knew what Rangers was about so me watching that sort of um, memorial video if you like to, to Andy Grohl the other day um, painted a picture of what he was like and what he meant to the club and what the club meant to him um, so I think that's what this club's all about it's got a rich history of, of top goalkeepers and and that's something that you know I'll be looking to continue both on and off the pitch just trying to learn about the club enjoy it take it all in and, and hopefully follow in their footsteps which is, of course, a big ask because of what they've done. But it's what we're capable of doing and, and that'll be great. If he plays as well as he talks, uh, Rangers have got themselves a good goalkeeper there in uh, Jack, Jack Butland. And, uh, well, he, he's already ticked a few boxes, hasn't he, by mentioning the goalie and Griegsy. <laughs> hasn't taken him long. No, and, and he, I, th- I think had he signed last summer, you're probably following a club legend. I think I've said a, f- a few times in, in my lifetime of kind of watching Scottish football, Alan McGregor's been Rangers best goalkeeper um, but I think it's a transfer that happened a season too late for Rangers I think they got I think they got the uh, goalkeeping situation wrong I think Alan McGregor when he came on for the stand innovation against Hearts in the cup final that should have been his last ever Rangers appearance so with with the kind of unrest in the goalkeeping situation I think it's a bit easier for Jack Butland to come into it this season um, I think he's obviously a long term target for them he's been linked since the summer before and Rangers, they, they've they've tended to do all right in the goalkeeping positions. They've always had good goalkeepers. Um, and Jack Butland CV, I know it's not happened for him the last few years, but it does suggest that he's going to be a good Rangers goalkeeper. So Alan McGregor wasn't good enough last season? I, I, well, it's, it's impossible to call Alan McGregor not good enough. Um, I just think... I just, I think he, when, he, when he came on, I think he was going to retire. I'm, I'm not sure what changed. Um... But there was too many high-profile mistakes. John McLaughlin passing straight to David Turnbull off the top of my head. I think there was goals Alan McGregor lost last year that he's never lost in his full career. 
Um, I just think if they'd kept, if they'd signed Jack Butland the summer before and maybe kept Alan McGregor, it made sense. What they did with the goalkeeping summer a situation last summer just didn't make sense. Where does this leave Robbie McCrory, do you think? I mean, he's 25, he's not a kid anymore. It's not as if he, you know, he's at Rangers to learn. I mean, he'll have learned a lot from the likes of Alan McGregor. Um, but he's at that age where he'll want to be playing. And, and you would imagine that it's, it's Jack Buckland, isn't it? I mean, I mean Michael Bill will have sympathy for Robbie McCrory because Michael McCrory's not let Rangers down. I think he's played two Celtic games he's mm. played in. He's looked good, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's looked he, quite commanding. He, he's, he's did well in all his Rangers games, but Rangers are Rangers need to win that trophy back, the league title back. That's that's all that's going to keep Michael Beal in a job, winning the league title next season. So he can't afford to take chances in any position. And that's, a, that's what it looks like from the outside. He looks as if he's taking no chances. Mm. Fashion Sakala, yeah, he did well at times. Could he eventually put it all together? Maybe, but I can't take that risk. No. Robbie McCrory, he's been great for Rangers any time he's played. Is he definitely going to be the next Alan McGregor? I'm not sure. I need a recognised goalkeeper, someone that's played at a higher level. I'm going out and getting Jack Butland. That's what it looks like from the outside looking in. Could Jack Butland be the Joe Hart of, of Rangers? You know, the, when you consider the, the impact that he that he's had? The obvious similarities come. I mean, Joe Hart steadied the ship at Celtic. He's been a great signing. Came in, won leagues. It's rejuvenated his career. He's a th- enthusiasm. He obviously knows how big a club it is. Um, Celtic and vice versa for Jack Butland he spoke very highly of Rangers as a club and I think that's the that's aim I think that's what they'll be looking for that type of impact that Joe Hart's made um, someone will come in make saves keep clean sheets and generally get the club and and play a part in the dressing room which Alan McGregor definitely did I know you think Stephen that, that, that Rangers have got a gentler introduction to the, the start of next season could that could that be a, a big bonus for them? I think it's imperative Rangers hit the ground running in the league I don't think they can allow um, what happened last year where they, they trip up a couple of times because this Celtic team's too used to winning leagues you can't let that team get in front of you and they're proven to stay in, in, in the chase I think they need to really hit the ground running and be pretty flawless in the first nine games definitely where I think the, the trickiest bit of the of the start although domestically I think it's a nice start for them and, and I expect them to win most of them, if not all the games, is with the European games in between, mm-hmm. the qualifiers. And Celtic don't have that. Celtic don't have that. And although, I mean, although you have that kind of safety net of getting into the Europa League, if it goes wrong, you still, these are huge games for the club financially and none of them are easy. And I just think with a new team getting together, having to win the Saturday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Sunday, whatever it might be, I think... I just think that is, that's going to be a big introduction for those new Rangers players about how relentless life is here in Glasgow about winning games. That's That would be a big blow to, to Michael Beale as well, wouldn't it, very early on next season before you know before the league's really taken any shape at all if Champions League ain't happening and you're going to have to settle for, for, for next best. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a big slap potentially early on if you don't make it. Yeah, but what I think, I mean, previously and in, in previous, we always compare the two. One of the things um, Celtic fans accused the board of doing was waiting to see how they go on in the qualifiers before releasing money to to strengthen the squad. Michael Beale cannot complain about the Rangers board backing him. So no. they went out and spent the money. They've really backed him. As I said, he's not one to cut any corners. He's he needs this league title, or he won't be the Rangers manager next summer. So. To be fair to them, they look as if they're doing their business very early and he'll, he'll know about all this. He'll know about what these qualifiers might look like, where in Europe it might take you to with tricky-ish games 
away games on the, the Saturday or the Sunday to come and how important it is to keep up the chase with Celtic but I just think that is the only part when, you, when you're looking at domestic fixtures you think oh that could be nice but those qualifiers can be tricky and where it might put you Here's Jack Butland talking about uh, the prospect of European football Massive Massive It's you know European football I've heard about the European Knights at Ibrox it, it goes without saying you know it's an important it's an important part of the club I've had some great moments um, over the years in, in Europe um, we're looking to continue that and we've got an opportunity to do that so that was certainly a massive um, point for me we sort of guaranteed it either way but that's not our focus is to rely on that we want to get into the Champions League Sometimes European success ain't enough either as uh, Giovanni van Bronckhorst found out when he after uh, guiding Rangers to uh, that European final uh, it wasn't very long uh, after that uh, before he was gone uh, the pressure on Michael Beale is intense isn't it? Um, you know, the, a gentler start maybe domestically, but it's it's finding the way to bounce back in between the domestic games and the European qualifiers as well to to use the squad properly. Um, and already, I guess, you know, he suffered a blow because he was so consistent in terms of winning when he first came in after Giovanni van Bronckhorst, and even that wasn't enough. Yeah, well, I mean, what if you if you take Michael Beale's Rangers um, record? Just he, when he's, he won a lot of games, won a lot of football matches, but when Celtic win the big the the two big games against Celtic uh, against Celtic with the two cup games, when Michael Beale came in with what Celtic had done previously in the season, they looked like they wouldn't lose a game. They looked like they were going to go through it and and not make many mistakes quite a lot of us believed that the league was gone when Michael Beale came in what we all spoke about what he spoke about was the Cups um, obviously I has to speak about catching Celtic in the league but everyone knew the League Cup and the Scottish Cup were big uh, big tournaments for Michael Beale and facing Celtic in both of them you then get labelled with kind of how you've lost them um, and he lost out narrowly but he lost them both so although he's record and on paper probably looks quite good in the league and he's won a lot of games he has lost the two tournaments that he was brought in to kind of succeed in last season so the pressure will ramp up early on any sort of mistake from Michael Beale and, and the noise and everything will start to increase and that that's why I think he's doing his business as early as possible he's going to work on these players for the next four weeks very hard to establish how they're going to play and how they're going to attack this season an hour of football chat and still 20 minutes to go. The Go Radio Football Show. The countdown to the new season is underway. Let's go! Stephen McGinn and Rob McLean talking football. It's not really a problem, is it? We've, uh, well, we're, we're on the route to clocking up 60 minutes and uh, we've got about 15 to go and it's good to have you with us as well on, uh, on Glasgow's own. Uh, talking uh, transfers that have actually happened, uh, talking of some that might happen, and uh, we'll probably talk about some that have got absolutely no chance of happening as well. Uh, just looking at one possibility, Stephen, here as well for Celtic, who haven't done too much in the market so far, uh, although they have nailed Kyogo on an extended deal and a bumper pay rise, and they've waved farewell to Jota, who's off to uh, Saudi Arabia uh, to count his money, among other things, I'd imagine. 
Um, but just hearing, just looking at so, uh, the rumour about uh, young boys in Switzerland, their sporting director, Christoph uh, Spiescher, uh, is admitting that uh, their 21-year-old Swiss midfielder, Fabian Reeder, uh, looks certain to leave soon. And there has been a lot of talk about him going to Celtic. How much do you know about him? Well, it's probably, I mean, all this talk about Brendan Rodgers and taking him to the next level in Europe and it's probably the first rumoured signing that suggests that. I think some of the players have signed so far, Telio and Home, um, Hung John from from Korea. I think that's the type of signing Celtic have been making or linked with in the last five to six years. I think Reader is one of those next level signings. Um, and, and I think as far back as... 25 years the kind of limit for Celtic signings have been around that 5 million 6 million pound mark mm. in the last few years obviously 7 million but it would take upwards of 14-15 million to get rid of and I think it's the type of signing the the wild signing in terms of all this not just being a fantasy of taking Celtic to the next level about the board really saying no we've got the money here we've been bringing in money we've been doing well with recruitment we've got a squad value here uh, players with a lot of We've got a lot of assets in the squad. So to make that progression, we're not going to just go and sign these projects, these three, four million pounds. We're going to sign the next level projects, these proven players that clubs like Ajax have been linked with. Um, so I think it is the first the, the first player of this kind of new um, vision they have of taking Celtic to the next level. What what would he do? How, how would he fit in? Well, I, I mean, I think the dynamics of the way Celtic play a 4-3-3 under Ange Postecoglou and Brendan Rodgers are going to have similarities but so different within it um, I speak first hand of playing the Brendan Rodgers team f- for a start the, the full backs didn't come into play centre midfield there was a big onus on them to, to back up or overlap the wingers So is that the end of inverted full backs at Celtic do you think? I would expect it yeah I think I mean football's always evolving and you watch I mean the very best Pep Guardiola goes and plays John Stones who's almost playing like a centre defender centre midfielder role and Celtic have so much of the ball at times I mean Greg Taylor for example took his game to, to the next level being able to do that and being so comfortable in that midfield area so I don't think Brendan Rodgers will totally dismiss it but just the the shape of the Brendan Rodgers team there is an onus on the centre midfielders to get on the ball and dictate the game as opposed to in the Ange system they would find themselves maybe out wide and to feed the, mid, the wingers early the fullbacks would maybe or be decoys for the fullbacks to get out to the wingers early and Ange, uh, Brendan Rodgers team the centre midfields the onus on them real control of the game real I mean some of their best football at times was all through the midfield Scott Brown and his best season for Celtic the introduction of Cal McGregor as a genuine Celtic player in, in that area so but the onus is, I think the onus is in bringing another high-level centre midfielder and I think Reader ticks the box for that. That would be a, that would be a real statement signing, wouldn't it, if, if that was the sort of fee we're talking about? Yeah, I mean, I mean in this country, it's amazing that we've probably signed a player, Rangers signed a player for £12 million um, 23, 24 years ago and it's never been talked mm, when yeah. you think of the rest of world football has just skyrocketed past us. So it'd be a statement signing, not just for Celtic, but I think the the, the full league. Would indeed, uh, Fabian Reader. Uh, remember the name because you might be hearing a bit more. You might be reading a bit more about Reader um, in the coming days and weeks if that is a deal which is going to go through. Uh, as uh, Stephen says, Yang Yun Jun continues to be mentioned in terms of a, a Celtic signing, twenty-one-year-old uh, Korean winger. Um, 
And in terms of in terms of Rangers at the moment, well, we've heard from Jack Butland. He's the the new goalkeeper. Clearly, uh, Kieran Dowell, the Norwich midfielder, is part of things along with his former uh, club mate Todd Cantwell. Uh, the Dutch striker Sam Lammers from Atalanta. Dujon Sterling is a right back, formerly with Chelsea. Uh, who's 23, who will, well, who struggled to get in the team, you'd have thought, if James Tavernier hasn't jetted off to Saudi Arabia. We might get to that in a little minute. Um, that is a gossip story. That, uh, there's nothing hard and fast about that one. Abdallah Sima, uh, on loan from uh, Brighton, the Senegalese international, he is in as well. Serial uh, Dessers, we wait uh, for that one to be uh, confirmed. And the, the other two who might well be pieces in the jigsaw as well, who've had a lot of mention um, in the last little while, uh, include uh, Jonathan Panzo, the, the Nottingham Forest defender, 22-year-old Englishman. He was on loan at Coventry last season. He can play centre-back and left-back, uh, although there is interest in him elsewhere. Um, and the 24-year-old Ecuadorian midfielder, Jose Cifuentes, uh, it has sounded as if he is edging closer to a move to Rangers. Uh, he currently plays for Los Angeles, uh, in the MLS and of course the one you threw in earlier on which, who does sound as if uh, he could be on his way quite soon as well Danilo uh, the Brazilian striker with a Feyenoord Yeah um, just just on the Cifuentes one I noticed he, he's still playing a kind of part for Los Angeles I did look at one point a few weeks ago that it was going to happen I read today that he was out of contract in six months but, but if rumours are to believe Rangers are wanting to do it now but it probably just backs up the like the board are backing Michael Beale. I mean, that's easily a deal that they could say, no, if he's a free transfer, let's just get the pre contract sorted and we'll see him in January when he joins. It's the type of thing that you think the manager's really been backed in there. Mm. It does uh, seem that way, doesn't it? Uh, I was speaking, I, mean, I just threw in James Tavernier there because there was uh, one newspaper today was running that story that uh, uh, maybe putting two and two together and getting five, but uh, Stephen Gerrard, of course, we told you on the show yesterday, had been appointed as the new manager of Al Etifak in the in the Saudi Pro League. And he, he's been, I guess, connected with quite a few people. Scott Wright, I think, was mentioned as possibly moving over there. Um, and today, the guy getting a mention was James Tavernier um, joining the, the Saudi Pro League. And, and Rio Hatate at Celtic was another one who, 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 who was mentioned, although I think his ambitions might, might lie elsewhere uh, but certainly when the Saudis come calling uh, and with the sort of uh, money that they're offering well Stephen anyone's going to be tempted by that and you, do, you, do you read anything into do you think there could be other uh, Scottish based players who are spirited away to Saudi? Well I mean it, you just the, the level of power they have financially just dwarfs um, everything else I mean it just seems like it's almost bottomless money Um and I think I think for us, I think the Jota one is a wee bit groundbreaking in terms of Jota. Jota wasn't really linked with loads of clubs. He wasn't, and and from nowhere it just looks like he's gone to Saudi for mind-boggling money. And I think from then people do start to put two and two together. Stephen Gerrard when he when he became the Aston Villa manager, obviously with with my interest there. Right away, he was linked mm. with guys like James Tavernier, Glenn Kamara, Ryan Kent. So I think it's a kind of general standard thing in football. Who, yeah. who was he close with at previous clubs? I think James Tavernier will have a burning desire to probably win another league title with Rangers. I think, I mean, obviously, as you say, if, if the Saudis come in and offer money, which is just totally, but I don't see it. I expect James Tavernier to still be the Rangers captain going into this season. Do you think he'll be lifting the trophy in May? 
I think they're giving themselves a chance of it. I do, I do, I, at one point last year, you're thinking there's so much work to do with that Rangers squad. Um, how can they bridge that gap in terms of the the money Celtic are going to bring in from just automatic Champions League qualification? Um, Ange Postecoglou obviously didn't look as if he was going to lose many domestic games anytime soon. Um, but I do think they're recruited really well. I think they've got a, a plan in place. So Michael Bill's got an idea of how he wants to go about it and, and they've did it quite quickly. And I think at one point I would have said absolutely no chance. I, I do think it's going to go right to the wire. It's building a team, isn't it? It's a real challenge. We saw how well Ange Postecoglou did it when he was picking up the pieces uh, of the Celtic squad, really. Um, but in, in some ways that's that can be a good thing because you're you're starting with not very many building blocks. Uh, he knew exactly who he was bringing in, clearly. He knew exactly how they would fit in to his style of play. And maybe Michael Beale is doing exactly that same thing. But it is a challenge, isn't it, when you're putting maybe seven pieces out of 11 in a jigsaw puzzle? Yeah, well, I mean, the one thing, apart from probably just the Champions League group stage, which was a disaster of a campaign for Rangers, over the piece, that kind of core group of Rangers players, the one thing they can pat themselves on the back for was a European record. Mm. I think from Ger- Stephen Gerrard's first season, but it didn't really go to plan for him domestically the first couple of years, but in Europe, they seem to just keep building and building and building. And they built a robustness in Europe um, to the point where they end up in a European final. And I think what the, the mad bit about last year and in, in in, in that group's particular record in Europe was how they could have went from... European final to that big night for them in, in Eindhoven to the Grand, uh, Champions League group stage which was I mean it was it was really poor I know it was a really difficult group with Liverpool and, and Napoli but it was it was just really damaging to the season I think men- mm-hmm. mentally but that is a diff- with this whole new group the one thing they don't have is that kind of European experience they've obviously still got a few there but It'll be interesting to see how this new group deals with the robustness of, of playing European and domestic football. You mentioned Glenn Kamara a little bit earlier on, who was a stick-on, especially in the biggest of games for Steven Gerrard, the European games. He he played in pretty much all of those, but he's become a real peripheral player now at Rangers. Is he one you you would expect to be going in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, Glenn Kamara, I think Rangers fans sing the song about what they signed him for, 50 grand. Mm-hmm. And, and what a signing he has been, yet yeah. you've got to say for that, as you say, some huge performances in, in Rangers League winning season and in uh, some of their great European campaigns. But he just fell right off the face of the earth. I don't know what happened to him. Still putting in big performances for Finland, for his national team. But I, I just think he's one of those that just has to move. A bit like Ryan Kent. He did his time at Rangers, probably stayed a year too late. And he's got to now go and kind of rejuvenate his career. Let's talk about offside uh, before we're finished today. I mean, there there, there is talk about um, some changes being made to the offside rule. Um, is that where's that going to be trialled? I'm not sure where it's going to be trialled. I just read. I think Arsene Wenger, while he's on that board at FIFA, is just desperate to to bring in a rule that yeah. he, he'll be remembered for. And you could bring up bring in a rule about the way to zip up your jacket on the touchline because <laughs> yeah, I think that was that was something he used to struggle with, wasn't it? But but I mean, to to make a change to offside, would it would it would it, and would it be the change where you can't be you can't be offside courtesy of your big toe? So if you're offside, if your full body is in front of the the last defender, so if if you if your toe and his toe are touching, then you're onside. Which and I think uh, it would re- result in a lot more goals. I think sometimes when I watch players, especially I mean 
in our domestic game someone like a Kyogo you watch his runs and it happens so quick and he's always doing it and the amount of times the pass isn't played we're split second too late and he's already ran offside I think it would result in a lot more chances for these type of strikers and I do think it would give them more of a chance to to get in without worrying about going too early and stuff like that so I think it would bring about a lot more goals for the game it'd be an absolute defend, uh, disaster for defended mm. defensive players it'd be really tough to especially the pace of some of these attacking players now so, so would the rule be that there would have you would have to be there would have to be some space this between your, to be some your space. body and and, ev- and, the, and the last defender for you to be offside? So I, think, I think sometimes, I mean, when you're as a, as a kind of TV viewer of football, when you're watching, sometimes and they draw this line, mm. and you end up offside, even though because it's where your shoulder is, or where and just you, and just the way your body's leaning, with the way your body's leaning, there is a confusion to it. Whereas if it goes to the VAR, there's a direct line in between you and the defensive player, and you're offside. If it touches in any way, you're onside. So I do think it brings about less confusion for the for the viewer of football, for someone maybe in the stadium that sees the lines in any case, and it will result in a lot more goals. Could this could this help in terms of VAR delays as well? Potentially, I think it's got to it's got to make it less confusing. I mean, how as you say, like these guys are training, and they're working on VAR all the time, but it is one kind of guy drawing the lines across on the computer. I mean, there's no kind of Definite. That's where your arm stops. Where your arm starts, depending where what what position your body's in. So it, it would bring about less confusion, and as I said, a lot more chances and goals. This could be the way ahead. <laughs> less offside, more goals. Stephen, it's been really good spending the last hour with you. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks, and Rob. Uh, I'll be back uh, tomorrow night for another hour of football chat between five and six. Have a good evening. The Go Radio Football Show. The countdown to the new season is underway. Let's go.